Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. As the Canes throw this puck into the Boston zone. Kept in at the point. Smith shot right on. Deflected. Go score! Oh, what an athletic goal for the Hurricanes. Vincent Trocek on the redirection. Slavin gets to it first. Bergeron interrupts. Kept in at the point. Pasternak de- deflected up front. Kochekov with a save on Bergeron as Pasternak tried to set up the Bruin captain. Two on one possibly for the Bruin shorthanded. And then the game's going up front. No score. Charlie Coyle. Short-handed on a two-on-one, and the Bruins have tied it with 2.44 left in the Bergeron shot deflected. Marchand out in front, shoots and scores! A loose puck finds Brad Marchand out in front, and the Bruins have their first lead in this series on Marchand's first of this first-round matchup. It's 2-1 ball. Keynes get it to Shea, and it's still loose. Wimmick can't see it. Rebound out in front. He gets to it. His shot still loose. Swayman with the save. Still in the slot. Swayman with the save. Stall with it. He tries to go high. Fost with it. Back to Stall. Tries to tuck it in. Chaos in front of the Bruins. Grease. Passion keeping it in. Rebound. Put off the post by Taravainen. D'Angelo gets to it. D'Angelo working. Looking for a lane. Svechnikov. Out of the corner. Back to D'Angelo. 44 seconds left on the power play. Bruins lead game three. Four to one. Boyle's clearing attempt kept in by Slavin, he'll score! Put the puck on net, Jacob Slavin. Seven seconds left, puck comes out over the Boston blue line. D'Angelo throws it to the side, one second left. Boston gets it to the middle of the ice. And Boston has broken the ice in this series. They cut into the Canes 2-0 series lead. The Bruins win game three, 4-2 here tonight. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold, and it did not go well for the Carolina Hurricanes tonight, a 4-2 loss. To the Boston Bruins in Game 3 of this Eastern Conference quarterfinal series. Game 4 will be Sunday afternoon. Quick turnaround. Expect to see Ante Ranta in net. Don't know um, about Jordan Martinook. Left the game with what appeared to be, I'm just going to guess here, a knee or some sort of a lower body injury, either knee or ankle. His, uh, his leg kind of folded under him. And uh, he struggled to get off the ice. Did not return. We will see. Rod Brindamore, after the game, said he looked a little rough in there. So we'll find out uh, probably tomorrow. But my guess is it would be uh, best to prepare yourself for, I'm going to guess, Derek Stepan drawing back in. And we'll see if that shuffles things around at all. Uh, here's what I would guess 
Actually, first, I'm going to tell you, then I will guess. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. Sammy Hannon and his crew do a great job. Go check them out online if you want to make your home more beautiful and energy efficient on the outside and inside, I guess. Aluminumcompany.com. Just a guess if Martin Nook can't go. Stepan draws back in, plays on a fourth line with Kokaniemi and Max Domi. Martin Natchez bumps up to the second line, Tavo Teravine, and flips to the left side and plays with Vincent Trocek. Just a hunch. Uh, of course, they could drop Svechnikov back down. I have no idea what's going to happen, uh, but uh, Carolina played, I thought, about 17 really good minutes. Then came the shorthanded goal. Then came the end of the proceedings. That pretty much did Carolina in, in terms of their level of play. Obviously, you're still kind of in the game at 1-1, best I could tell. Uh, but from that point on, Carolina just wasn't it just wasn't good enough. Uh, took too many penalties from that point on. Uh, you end up with a 5-on-3 for Boston, which Carolina did a great job killing, but... Then David Pasternak uh, scores the only goal that Peter Kachetkov would uh, probably want back because uh, it actually looked literally like it went through him, and it kind of did because um, he was there, probably one uh, that he would think that he, was sh- that he should save, and I would agree. But this game wasn't Kachetkov's fault. The other three goals he had no chance on, uh, and Carolina, it was... Just not their best. And Boston had to have it. And now we'll come back Sunday afternoon and see what everybody's got. Because, uh, I mean, that's it's a pretty, pretty monumental game in the series. Boston has a chance to even it. Coming back to Carolina for a game five. And now all the pressure is on the home team if you do that. Uh, but look, I think uh, Boston, first of all, this game, was a little bit snoozy. It was it was not a great hockey game, I didn't think. Uh, the first two periods in Carolina were wild uh, and kind of a gong show from a Boston perspective, but Carolina played really well. I thought the first, I thought game one was the best game of this series where both teams played at a pretty high level. We've talked about it before. Boston could have... I mean, that game could have gone the other way if Boston scores early. They don't. Carolina gets the first two goals and goes on to win 5-1. In game two on Wednesday, Boston got off to the better start, got the first power play, created some opportunities on the first power play, even without scoring. It was a good one. Then got another one. Then came the posture knock hit. That knocked Antiranta out of the game, and the Hurricanes flipped the script from there. This one, I thought the Canes were excellent in the first period. They get the first goal. Trocek with a rebound put back uh, to make it 1-0. Get another power play. It's not great. And then you mismanage the puck, and it goes the other way, and you misplay the two-on-one defensive assignment. Kachetkov has no chance. And now, thanks to a shorthanded goal, Boston has 
all the oxygen. And that was that. Uh, because from that point on, I didn't think Carolina was all that great. And that's probably putting it mildly. Um, as I said on Twitter, and no big deal if, if you disagreed because it's fine. That felt like the game changer. And it literally did. It changed. It, it gave Boston huge amounts of momentum and energy. And it literally, with Boston staring at the potential of a 2 nothing deficit, which might have been over for them, it's 1-1. Total different thing. Totally different animal. And then the, uh, the Bruins won the game the rest of the way. They were just better. Better the rest of the way. The perfection line uh, was good. Um, uh, the Marchand goal, they combined for, what was it? Um, Marchand and uh, Pasternak each had a goal. Uh, the Marshawn goal came at five on five. The Pasternak goal was a power play goal. Boston with two power play goals tonight. Uh, the Hurricanes, we're going to talk about the Hurricanes power play. It's a problem because uh, it was really, really dreadful for the most part tonight. And it gave up a shorthanded goal. Uh, but the Marshawn goal was sort of a broken play. Uh, and a couple of mistakes by Brady Shea, who's been otherwise great in this series. And I thought was pretty good tonight. But that was a rough go. Uh, it was his giveaway that kept the puck in the zone for Boston. And then he had a chance to play the body on Marshan and didn't do it. And uh, Marshan is just too good to do that to or, or not do that to. And Marshan went uh, blocker side on Kachetkov for 2-1. That's 541 in. It's 2-1 Boston. And that was the first time all year all season, including the regular season, that the Bruins had a lead against the Hurricanes. They had been outscored 26-4 to in the five previous games and never led at any point. They were outscored 16-1 during the regular season. Uh, but just a few things. We're going to talk to Michael Smith. We'll go through the goals. We'll explain what went wrong. Um, as I mentioned, I thought the Canes were the better team in the first period. Frankly, I'm not sure it was... I think they were significantly better. They got the first goal, had an opportunity to get another one on the power play, and that shorthanded goal just absolutely took the life out of them. And it gave all of that life, it gave it to Boston. Uh, and it literally changed this game. Um, two things about it. One, Jesperi Kotkaniemi uh, with... I mean, he was trying to make a play off the wall to get it back out to the point. Uh, it ends up going off the wall. I don't know if it was deflected. It probably was. Uh, and it ends up on the stick of Charlie Coyle. He gets it to Jake DeBrusque. DeBrusque and Coyle go two-on-one with Tony D'Angelo back. You know, Niederreiter was fighting to get back in the play. Didn't happen. And um, DeBrusque made a saucer pass over D'Angelo to Coyle on the back door. Easy goal. Now, it wasn't even on the back door. It was kind of in front of the net, but uh, easy put away. 1-1. TD Garden's going bananas. Uh, and really, I mean, it was a poor pass by Kokaniemi uh, in the offensive zone. And if you're Tony D'Angelo, 
You got to pick one. You can't play both. In a two-on-one, you can't play both. Either you either go attack the guy trying to pass the puck or you uh, prevent the pass from going through. And Tony did a poor job of uh, preventing the pass from going through. It went through, and that was that. And the shorthanded goal was just a killer. So, as I said, it changed the game. And this is the way I look at it, because Boston had two power play goals tonight, right? So you got crushed in special teams. Two power play goals and the shorty. So you're, you're minus three. But I'm not sure that a, a shorthanded goal isn't a minus two on its own. So to me, it's a, you're a minus four in special teams. Two power play goals you give up. One shorthanded goal you allow. And that was uh, that. Was that. Uh, not lost in all of this for me is that Jeremy Swayman was very good in the Boston goal, albeit not on the Jacob Slavin shot. That's That was a curious one. Um, but I said before the series that I thought Swayman was the better goalie than Omark, and I'm pretty sure we've seen the last of Lena's Omark. I mean, I only saw Swayman in person once. I believe it was the first game. Thought he was excellent in that game. And even though Boston lost 3-0, only one of the goals was actually a, uh, a shot. And I'm not even sure that that puck, uh, if, I'm, if I'm recalling correctly, because that was like the sixth game of the season, I'm not even sure if that puck didn't uh, get to the shooter in some sort of an unorthodox way. If I'm not mistaken, it was like supposed to be a pass across and it ends up hitting a defender and coming back to the passer. And then that shot goes in when Swayman is barely paying attention. The second goal was a Nino Niederreiter pass on the power play, cross ice intended for, I believe, Martin Natchez, and hit a defenseman in the middle of the ice and ricocheted in. The other, the other goal was uh, an empty netter, but I thought Swayman was good in that game, and every time I've seen Jeremy Swayman, he looks like a good goalie. And he was very good tonight. So um, the Boston Bruins won the goaltending battle. And when you lose the goaltending battle, you probably lose the game. Um, Although I don't think that was uh, anywhere close to Carolina's biggest issue tonight. uh, Because tonight, the biggest issue was the power play. And I said this after game two. And everybody says the right things. Talked to Tony D'Angelo after game two. And I asked him about what he thought about the power play, even though it scored two goals. He goes, well, we scored two goals, so it was good. Um, he says there's a lot of room for improvement, but we scored two power play goals and I'm not going to be upset about it. All right, here's my deal. You wasted a lot of power play time in a sec- in the third period. There was the four-minute double minor. There was, uh, uh, that happened on top of another penalty, so there was five-on-three time. You only got one goal in the five-on-three. That one had to be forced through by Niederreiter. It just hasn't been a good power play at all. Uh, second unit, Rod said the second unit was fine. I don't know. I didn't see anybody being good tonight, to be honest. I mean, there were some opportunities because you're going to have, you have five power plays, you're going to have a couple of opportunities. But for the most part, I didn't think the power play was good. I think the power play was a drag. It's, you don't have to score in the power play for it to be effective. You simply have to gain some momentum from it just generate, start generating some scoring chances from the power play. 
but I don't believe they did that at all tonight. Uh, and they, I don't think they really did it all. Uh, the one Ajo one-timer power play goal in, on Wednesday in Game 2, the other power play goal was Niederreiter forcing the, the puck through. Uh, I think the Hurricanes are now uh, 2 for 17 with the man advantage. 2 for 17. They were 0 for 3 in Game 1, 2 for 9 in Game 2, including 1 out of 3 in 5-on-3 situations. And they were 0 for 5 tonight. And to me, that's... I mean, it's, it's, it's not the ball game, but you had chances, and you can't complain about having the chance or, you know, about not scoring because you had the chances. Power play just hasn't been good enough. It's, uh, that's that. All right, one more thing, and I know we'll talk about this with Michael Smith. Connor Clifton's hit on Brendan Smith. When I initially saw it, I know it was not called. It was not whistled to penalty. It was not whistled to penalty until, I guess, the four officials converged to decide whether or not it was a penalty. The referee closest to the play had his back to the play. He couldn't see it. The linesman, however many feet up the line just outside the blue line, I think fell down, then got up and whistled that he might have seen something. But ultimately... My first reaction to it was that I'm not even sure it's a penalty. I didn't see it as many of you did. I didn't see it as a high hit. I mean, it it, it ended up catching him on the, you know, in the face. But that was not the original point of contact. The original point of contact was through the chest. I thought it was a clean hit when I saw it. I understand why they're giving... Uh, why they gave a two-minute minor penalty. Because apparently, in order to review it, it has to be a major. So, But I didn't hear them uh, assess a major penalty first. That's just the normal procedure. So maybe all of that was procedural. But to me, and I know Paul Bissonette in the, uh, in the studio for TNT was livid that that was a penalty that they called a penalty on that, and he might be right. To be absolutely honest, he might be right. But I mean, I didn't think it was a penalty when I saw it. To me, it's Clifton leading with the shoulder, hitting about shoulder high on Brendan Smith, and then yeah, did he catch him in the chin? He probably did. I think he did, but good. I thought the hit was fine. I really didn't have a problem with the hit. Five-minute major would have been egregious, and then they knocked it down to a two-minute minor, which I guess they have to do anyway. So, you know, you can't even get the satisfaction of saying that uh, they gave us a call because they had no choice. Anyway, I didn't think the call was bad. Um, the reaction is the reaction. That's fine. Um, I think Carolina was their own worst enemy tonight. That's it's going to happen. You're not going to you're not going to sweep your way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. And as I have pointed out, even though I think Carolina is the better team, 
And I think they are clearly the better team. That doesn't mean anything. Anybody could beat anybody. But you got to stay out of the box. You have to stay out of the penalty box. The Vincent Trocek penalty, when you're already down a man, is just ridiculous. You can't do it. I thought Carolina was a little lazy with their sticks tonight. And the uh, injury to Jordan Martinook is also disturbing. So we have like a three stars of disturb. Uh, we have the too many penalties. We have the Jordan Martinook injury. Uh, and we have the fact that Carolina's power play is laboring. One thing I th- that was key to me t- for me tonight, Boston won the faceoff battle. First time this series, Boston won the faceoff battle. Bergeron got the better of Stahl, even though they only matched up, I think, four times. I think Bergeron was one out of four against Stahl. And, uh, but again, when it's only four matchups, that matters. In the previous two games, we were talking about roughly 15 or so matchups in a face-off circle, and Jordan Stahl got the better of them both times. But in this game, because of the way the matchups work, and Bruce Cassidy wanted the Bergeron line away from the Stahl line, smart move, although the Stahl line was on for the Marchand goal in the second period. Um. There just was, weren't enough opportunities for Stalin and Bergeron to meet in the face-off circle. I would gather if I went back and took the time that all of those meetings, all of them, probably happened while Boston was on the power play. I would say all of them. Um, but not a great performance for the Hurricanes. First period was good. Then the shorthanded goal. Then the air came out of the balloon. Uh, Kachetkov... First goal, not on him. Second goal, not on him. Third goal, on him. Even though it was a power play goal. Third goal, on him. Fourth goal, not on him at all. Michael Smith, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, is with us on the Canes Corner podcast. Uh, your, Your thumbnail assessment of what we saw tonight. Well, you know, not too surprising in that you expected Boston to push. You expected Boston to push going back home down 2-0 in the series hasn't, you know, had not led against the Hurricanes all right. season long, even dating back to the regular season. Uh, had not got much past Hurricanes goaltenders, whether it's Frederick Anderson or Ansi Ranta or Pyotr Kochekov. They needed something from their big line, their perfection line, um, and their big boys kind of stepped up tonight. And that's sort of – so in that sense, it's it's not uh, very surprising what happened. Um, I thought the Hurricanes were, uh, you know, five on five. They were, they were pretty good, especially the first 10 minutes, last 10 minutes of the game. But you get into trouble when you give the Bruins five power plays. Right. You get into trouble when you give them – you know, 90 seconds of a five-on-three advantage. Yeah, and even though you kill that off, then you have three incredibly tired players still on the ice. You still have really good players on the ice for Boston, and they take advantage. So, you know, from from that standpoint, not too surprised. At the same time, if I'm the Hurricanes, I'm not too concerned either. I'm not mashing the panic button. 
Um, if there was a game Boston was going to push and win, it was probably going to be this one. Now the Hurricanes can sit back, assess maybe what went wrong, tighten up, and come out uh, with a stronger effort on Sunday. Yeah, the, to me, I thought Carolina was, I thought they were the better team for the first 16 minutes of the game. And yep. I thought they were significantly better, probably, for the first uh, in the first period, and then the shorthanded goal. And that literally changed the game. I got pushback on my comment that, that that's a game changer. Uh, and it's like, don't be dramatic. I'm like, no, it literally changed the game. <laughs> like, like those, ty- those types of goals matter. Like if, 100%. We were, if we were assessing like plus minus on a, uh, on special teams, like I think giving up a shorthanded goal is a minus two. 100%. I mean, you want the power play to at the very least just generate some momentum. Right. And worst case scenario is that momentum goes the other way. And not to mention it goes the other way at the end of a period, right. near the, the tail end of a period, uh, when a, a goal in, in any situation uh, quite often swings the momentum. So it just completely shifted the momentum. It gave the crowd in Boston something to cheer about. And that's a building, you know, I was there two years ago and then 20, well, I guess three years ago three at this years point, ago, yeah. I can't do math. Um, <laughs> that, you know, when, when, when a Boston team gets rolling, when the, when the Bruins get rolling, when you give them something to cheer about, that building can get loud. So, um, you know, they were able to, to, uh, you know, that, that goal obviously gave them all the momentum. And like you said, they, they basically didn't really have much going on before that. Uh, it was kind of all hurricanes. Um, and that changed the complexion of the game. If you want to boil it down to a single play that, um, you know, that is the reason why, uh, we're talking about this right now. It's that very goal. It's that, that short handed goal that the Bruins were able to score. You know, then they rattle off three more straight before the Hurricanes are able to find the back of the net again. Uh, and that's, that's the ball game. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Um, for, um, I don't even know what the reason is. I'm not even able to access, uh, the Hurricanes broadcast on Bally's. So I'm watching the game on TNT. I mean, added bonus, we get John Forslund. Uh, but mm-hmm. the uh, about two or three minutes before the shorthanded goal, so before Carolina goes on that power play, they're coming back from a commercial break and there's a faceoff, and the narrative on the broadcast is, ah, Boston is just grasping for they have nothing, they have nothing, there's no life, yep. there's blah blah. I'm like, wow, it, but just wild swing of emotion. Uh, but let me get to the other part of the special teams that is a problem, and that's the power play. So it was it was sort of it wasn't ignored, but it was easy to not make a big deal of it because I asked Tony D'Angelo after Game Two. Um, you know, I asked Rod uh, walking down the hallway after after Game Two about the power play, which went two for nine, um, but I thought. Ultimately, in one five-on-three goal that Nino just forced the puck through, so it was sort of a weird five-on-three goal. It's, I mean, it's a good one, but he had the one-timer from Ajo. And other than that, I didn't think the power play was all that great on Wednesday night. And now they're sitting at two for 17 in the series, and the power play was a, was a drag 
tonight. Plus, you give up the shorthanded goal. So yeah, they, they got to fix that. Yeah, a bit of a concern. A bit of a concern too when you consider the kind of dry spell they went on there throughout April. Really, on the man advantage, yeah. uh, you don't want to see that develop into a trend. And uh, you know, it's it's at this point, it's it's kind of looking like it might be a little bit of a trend. So yeah, it's it's something that uh, that needs to be uh, better. It's it's your power play has to be a difference maker, especially when you get five cracks at it. Um, against a team like this in Boston, when if you give them five power play opportunities, they're going to make you pay. Um, so it's it's got to be it's got to be better for the Hurricanes. Um, you have to be able to win the special teams battle because it's not too often you're going to look at the result of a game and and see uh, you know a team win a game when they lose the special teams battle, and then when you uh, when you zoom further out and look at a series as a whole again it's going to tell a lot of the same story. So that's that's got to be better heading into Sunday. Uh, it at least needs to generate some positive momentum, and it just did not do that tonight. Michael Smith, let's talk about the potential uh, injury and some juggling, uh, the injury to Jordan Martinook and what ha- might have to happen as a result of that. Um, if you had to guess, I mean, let's just assume that Martinook is out for Sunday afternoon at 1230. Who would do? I mean, step on, draw back in. Yeah, that's that's I think who I would put in, uh, especially just when you look at, um, you know, he's a veteran of the game, right? Uh, he knows what it takes to win, and every time you insert him into the lineup, uh, look what happened at Madison Square Garden when they right. tossed the men after he had not played in in some time. He seems to contribute. Uh, so yeah, I think if, if Martinook cannot go, uh, and it didn't sound too incredibly optimistic from Rod Burnamore following the game, I would look at, at putting Derek Stepan into the lineup just because you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Now, the Hurricanes have the luxury of having options, right? I mean, even a guy in Stephen Lawrence, uh, is, is not a bad option to have. You have, this is why you went out and got Max Domi at the trade deadline. You're building up NHL depth that can make a difference. Uh, so if Martino cannot go on Sunday, yeah, I would I would turn to Stepan. Uh, it gives you another option down the middle. Maybe you maybe you look at Jesperi Kokaniemi somewhere on the wing. Um, but I think I think Stepan would be the right move in this in this instance. I'm just just kind of spitballing this. Um... I actually haven't thought that Max Domi was all that impactful through uh, now three games, uh, but dropping him down with Kotkaniemi and Stepan on a fourth line, uh, maybe Martin Natchez bumps back up and plays with Trocek and Taravainen. Maybe they just jumble uh, the three lines that don't involve Stahl, Niederreiter, and Faust, uh, throw them in a hat again and see what happens. Uh, but I actually have liked, I mean, nobody was awesome today, I've actually liked Svechnikov, Aho, and Jarvis, um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. That's just a that's a tough injury because Martinook. Uh, there's a lot of intangible value with Jordan yep. Martinook that you lose. Uh, Stepan brings a different set of uh, different skill set. Uh, mm-hmm. Martinook Martinook's a physical player. He's one. He's a penalty killer. Although Stepan can kill penalties too. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's a difficult injury. It just seems to happen to him. You just can't go more than a month or so uh, without 
coming down. He's 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 a, a skating version of Auntie Ranta. Oh, <laughs> he does terrible. seem to he, <laughs> he does seem to have some uh, some poor luck on his side, especially when it comes to first round playoff series. Yes, um, and it, it's it is unfortunate to see because, as you said, uh, he brings. Uh, a skill set that they can't really, really be replaced. Though I do think Derek Stefan brings uh, an an equally important skill set, though you know slightly different. I just think uh, having another veteran presence in your lineup, like obviously Martin Oquiz, Stefan would be. Uh, it would be kind of a seamless transition. And you know, uh, mixing up the lines as as you might have suggested, not a bad idea. Uh, I think Martin Natchez. You kind of want to see him become a difference maker for the Canes in this series, become kind of an X factor. And maybe he has more of an opportunity to do that if he's on a line uh, with Vincent Trocek. Yeah. I liked that fourth line in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the first period. I thought they were yep. really good. I thought Kokaniemi, Natchez and uh, Martin Nook were good together. Uh, it's a line that I think can have an impact in the playoffs. Uh, and maybe Martin Nook won't be out very long and that line will have a chance to have an impact. Uh, in the playoffs, what was your view of Connor Clifton versus the uh, versus Brennan Smith there? Yeah, I I didn't like the hit. I mean, I don't think he caught him with the elbow. It, it looked to be a shoulder, but it also looked to be a high hit. Um, so I don't I don't really like the hit. I mean, I thought Brendan Smith for as much as he took, he he dished out just as much of it. Uh, which which was good to see. He uh, he obviously is is someone who doesn't back down from that type of right. play. And another reason why the Hurricanes uh, went out and and got a yeah. player like that because he's kind of built for this style of game. But yeah, I mean, I I didn't like the hit. He's he's you, you he's turned his back is to you the whole way, whether he's facing the boards or not. Uh, and then to finish him in the the manner that he did just. Um, it just, yeah, I, I didn't like it. Uh, I was fine with the, the two minute penalty call. And I do like that the, you know, the officials, um, err on the side of calling the major so that they can then take a second right. look at it. Um, because you know, that just, you want to get it right. Um, and I, I, I guess the officials did get it right in, in this case. I just, I just didn't like the hit. I wouldn't be totally surprised if some, you know, money floated out of his pocket come tomorrow, but uh, we'll see. Well, my, I, we had two different views of it then. I actually, when I initially saw it, I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if it's a penalty. Like, I thought it might be. Like, I thought it was shoulder to more shoulder to shoulder, and then rode up and caught him flush on the side of the head and drove his mm-hmm. head into the board. The, I mean, people complaining about he made him bleed. I'm like, well, that's the visor. Uh, mm-hmm. Your shoulder is not going to make you bleed uh, on the, like over the bridge of your nose. <laughs> so that that's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. I thought, I thought the hit was, I thought it was borderline. So I'm not, Certainly not upset that Hurricanes got a power play out of it, but um, if it didn't get called, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have lost my mind over it. I thought it was questionable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I certainly wasn't a major penalty to me. Um, no, and and that's again. I'm glad the the, the officials were able to take a second look at it just to make sure they got the call 
on the ice correct. And, and that's, I think, a, a positive step in the, in the way they're able to, to take a, a second look at, at plays like that. Yeah, it's the second time we've seen something like that. Mm-hmm. We had the, the, the poster knock. See, I thought they got that one wrong, but um, to be perfectly honest, because I didn't think there was enough contact on Ranta with Pasternak. There was contact, obviously, but I didn't think You're there right. was an, enough of it uh, to, you know, to completely go crazy. Um, but we all know what Pasternak was trying to do. I mean, Wait, what, do, what do you think of his comments from this morning? What, that he wasn't trying to About- hurt Right, and and yeah. that those. Well, I don't think he was trying to tried. hurt him. Right, but he was he was definitely trying to hit him. It was certainly a contact that was avoidable. Oh yeah, no, no, he yeah. Look, he wasn't trying to hurt him, but he was right. definitely trying to make contact with him because otherwise he wouldn't have reached out his arms. <laughs> right, I mean, that's that's, that's the most simple. baffling. That's the most baffling part of it to me is that it was just a completely avoidable thing that happened, but. Um, he had to I guess go out of his way to hit Ronta. Right, exactly. So, all right. big big picture here. Um, I thought Boston gained the momentum from the shorthanded goal. Uh, yep. And then the Marshawn goal was probably unfortunate as much as anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Brady Shea made a couple of questionable plays. The uh, If he was trying to hard rim it out, he didn't get enough on it. On it and Marshawn was over there. Uh, there were probably better plays because he had plenty of time. He didn't even have to rim it. He could have just turned, right. right? Right. So that's the mistake. But then uh, also it was kind of unfortunate that the puck came back to Marshawn right there. And then Shea had a chance to make a play physically, and he chose to try to make a stick play. That didn't work. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm not well, that out of shape. And the Hurricanes, you know, on that posture not goal, I mean, obviously the puck gets on the stick of – David Pasternak, and from what twenty feet out, he's not going to miss yeah. much from there. Um, and but you know, they're what thirteen, fifteen, you know, seconds away from killing off two huge penalties. That right. would have been a massive momentum swing, and it's only still a two-one game at that right. point. So that that was a, a big point in the game as well. Boston being able to stretch their lead on that power play. Yeah, no question about that. Carolina did a great job of killing off the fi- the five on three. Can yep. nobody score a five-on-three goal? What's going on? We've had four of them in the last two games, and we've had one goal, uh, and that didn't really look much like a five-on-three goal. Um, Ronta, well, now, Ronta Sunday, right? Yeah, I think you go Ronta Sunday. And I, I think going Kochekov tonight is was smart because he, he gets the win in game two. So you go back to him. And hope that that maybe he, you know, gets hot. And not that tonight was his fault by any stretch of the imagination. It certainly wasn't on his shoulders. But uh, in a game like this, now you have the opportunity to go back to Antti Ranta, who now, you know, with a couple days extra of rest, is hopefully uh, feeling just fine come Sunday. Gives you that veteran presence back in that. He's coming off that win in game one. Look good for all of the seven and a half minutes we saw him <laughs> in game two. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's the right play. The Bruins obviously went Swayman tonight just to try to spark something. They'll have to go back to him on Sunday. But, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed with, with what he was able to do tonight. So if the Hurricanes can just get, uh, get more pucks on that one, 
and just make it tougher on him, I think they'll be just fine offensively. Yeah, there, there wasn't a, they didn't get a lot of traffic. I, I again, I think that shorthanded goal uh, just took all the air out of the balloon. But uh, uh, only two one two one Carolina in the series. We'll see everything uh, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to you in advance, Michael. Well, I will pass that along to my wife because otherwise, I think I would just be wrong to even take any credit for that. <laughs> two like. Men can't wish each other happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I think uh, by proxy, you're just wishing my wife happy Mother's okay, Day. I'll, well, I'll, I am the proxy for uh, the wish of a happy Mother's Day to my wife. I'll take that. I'll take that as a positive. <laughs> uh, thank yeah, you, my friend. Yeah. I'll see you later. Thank you, sir. All right. Time to dive out of here. Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Go check it out online, aluminumcompany.com. Sammy Hannon and his crew do a great job. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think. We love the feedback, as always. But if you follow it, it shows up automatically wherever you get your podcast. Right there. As soon as I post it, boom. There it is. Gold talking hockey again. All right, as uh, as we say goodnight, the play that changed the game. All right, two on one possibly for the Bruins shorthanded. And then the game's going up from the score. Charlie Coyle shorthanded on a two on one. And the Bruins have tied it with 2.44 left in the first. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.